we had hoped. That's what the two disciples say in the final chapter of Luke's gospel. We had hoped. But now they say their hopes have been dashed. For the one in whom they had placed their hopes has now been crucified. And with his death, all that they thought that he would bring about, over. So much sound and fury his life had been. But now, in the end, all of it, signifying nothing. Oh, dear family, let us see them there, crestfallen, heartbroken, devastated, completely unmoored. We had hoped, these disciples say. Now, the one to whom they are speaking, of course, is the resurrected Jesus himself, is the one in whom they had placed their hopes. But these two disciples don't yet realize that. And so when their companion feigns ignorance as to why they are so dispirited, they respond, are you the only one who doesn't know what's been going on in the world? At which point their companion essentially responds, no, tell me. And thus, these disciples launch into a narration of the latest events, of how everything has now gone wrong, of how bleak things are, and of how little energy they have left to give a care. And if we can't appreciate the disciples' despair in this passage, if we can't empathize with the sense of emptiness and hopelessness and frustration that they here feel, well, then if we can't do those things, we aren't really paying attention to this story. And it is all so bleak and so hopeless now, they essentially conclude, having now sketched for their new companion a picture of all that has just happened. To which this new companion, who is in fact their old beloved companion, to which their companion says to them, Oh, how slow of heart you are to believe. Oh, how slow of heart you are to believe. 
Then he goes on to say to them, in essence, just because it looks bleak now does not mean that darkness has gotten the final word. For behold, he is essentially saying to them, channeling the prophet Isaiah, for behold, God is about to do a new thing. And then blessing the bread and breaking it. These disciples suddenly behold this new thing. Behold the wondrous power of it all. And then just like that, he is gone. It is an immensely powerful story. One that we do well as Christ followers to return to often. For like these disciples on their way to Emmaus, so too do we know what it is to place our hopes in a coming eventuality. Like these disciples, we too know what it is to anchor our lives to a specific person, a specific career, a specific dream, specific plan, only to later watch our ropes break free from those anchors, setting us to see amid watery chaos in the deep unknown. Yes, we too know what that is like. We know it all too well. And such experiences leave us like those disciples saying, We had hoped. We had thought. We had believed. And so what now? What now? Well, that what now question is the topic of this sermon. What's more, it is the topic of this sermon series. And what's more even than that, it is the topic of the opening chapters of the book of Acts. You see, nowhere in Western literature, nowhere, is there a more profound rendering of the existential what now human dilemma than in the opening chapters of the book of Acts. Written by Luke, the book of Acts picks up right where Luke's gospel leaves off. And so here Jesus, after having revealed himself to the crestfallen disciples in Luke 24, after having, by the very fact of his resurrection, assured them that that which he had started among them was not finished by a long sight, after having rekindled their capacity for hope, now in Acts chapter 1, the beginning of Luke's second book, now in Acts chapter 1, Jesus promises the disciples that God is about to do a new thing among them, tells them to prepare themselves for this new thing which is yet to come, 
And then once more he is gone. So there in his sudden absence, they are faced with the question. So what now? In coming weeks, we will get to the content for these disciples of the what now, which is to say soon enough, we'll get to the answers given to these particular disciples to their what now situation. But for today, I want us to sit with these disciples in the vulnerability and in the uncertainty of this what now moment. I want us to sit there with them in their waiting I want us to experience with them this existential uncertainty. I want us to feel with them the emotional vicissitudes that come with hoping. And then having those hopes dashed. And then against all odds, once more regaining hope. Yet, not yet knowing now what it is we're hoping for. Yes, I want us to experience that with these disciples because that, dear family, is the ongoing experience of being a disciple. Follow me here. Through some mysterious, inexplicable means, the very same Jesus whom these disciples walked with and talked with and were called to by name, through some mysterious, inexplicable means, this very same Jesus has revealed himself to us at some point in our lives in truth and in power. We wouldn't be here today if not. And in response, we have staked our lives on this encounter. We have believed in our hearts and we have confessed with our mouths that He is Lord. And so, in short, we have placed our trust in Him. Our trust that He will never leave us nor forsake us. Our trust that He will lead us beside the still waters and that He will daily restore our souls. But then no sooner have we placed our hope and our trust in Him than something happens. A downsizing at work. The sudden death of a loved one. Betrayal by a friend. Flight from a spouse. Addiction in a child. Unrest in the world around us. My yoke is easy and my burden is light, we then recall Christ as having said unto us when first we followed Him. And looking around and looking inward, we suddenly think, There's nothing easy and light about this at all. 
And thus, like those earliest disciples, we too look around at the valley of the shadow of death in which we find ourselves, and with them we too say, we had hoped. Am I right? But now follow me here. Then no sooner have we indulged in that despair. No sooner have we allowed ourselves to wallow in that slough of despondency. No sooner have we felt as if all hope is lost than also like those disciples, we too are once more encountered by the risen Christ. Our hearts too strangely burning within us ourselves suddenly perceiving Him in the bread and in the blessing, which is to say, in the mundane and in the ordinary. And then like those disciples, we too suddenly think, perhaps our hopes were not in vain. Perhaps He is up to something altogether different than we all this time thought He was. Perhaps He really is about to do a new thing. Yes, perhaps we find ourselves thinking and hoping. But what? Dear family, let us take a short inventory of the present moment. Chaos in Afghanistan. Devastation in Haiti. Unrest all across our country. An ever-mutating virus continuing to frustrate the entire globe. All of these things, and of course so, so many more just like them. All of these things are happening right now. And this is not even beginning to touch on the hardships and the heartbreaks in our individual lives. Dear family, how could a people of faith come together on a kickoff Sunday like this and not name these things and not confess a sense of hopelessness and frustration and despair in the face of them? How? To stand before you as your pastor and not acknowledge the existential uncertainty that the whole world is currently feeling right now, well, that would be bordering on pastoral malpractice. Would be bordering on the same kind of shocking obliviousness that led those disciples to ask, are you the only one that doesn't know what's going on right now? Dear family, I well know what's going on right now. And like you, I am dispirited by and overwhelmed by it too. Today was supposed to be our big return to normal celebration here at Boulevard. Welcome back, by the way. Instead, we are once more wearing these insufferable masks... Our local hospital is once more putting out public announcements about COVID-induced hardships. 
and almost the entirety of our young families at our church cannot be here today, my own included, because their children are under quarantine for COVID-19 exposures. After 17 excruciating months, today was supposed to be our day. And so if ever there were a time when the words were more fitting than now, I don't know it. Those words, of course, being, we had hoped. Yes, we had hoped. This sermon series that kicks off today is called Opening Acts. And the idea, when I first conceived it two months ago was to situate ourselves alongside these first disciples who, on the other side of hardship, were uncertain as to what God was calling them to do, but who were nonetheless prepared to follow God wherever He might lead. Such is our circumstance now, I intended to say. On the other side of the COVID-19 hardships, we too, I intended to say, Now wait for the Spirit of God to lead us into a new thing. Well, that is what I had planned to say. That is what I had hoped. Instead, I now have this to say. Despite our current despondency... Let us not be as slow of heart to believe as those disciples on their way to Emmaus. Because unlike them, they who stood on the near side of Easter, unlike them, here on the far side of Easter, we have ample experience with the risen Christ coming back to us and coming back to us when and how we least expect Him to. Yes, unlike them who in this point of the story don't yet know about that mysterious power from on high that will soon come upon them. Unlike them here on the far side of the resurrection, we do know. For in the words of Christ we have at different times and in different ways and in different places been, quote, witnesses of these things. We have sometimes watched as we or a loved one has lost a job, been devastated by it, only to find an all-new, altogether more fulfilling path in life. We've sometimes experienced a mysterious strength taking root inside of us on the other side of a loved one's passing. We have sometimes seen how the pain of betrayal can make us wiser and healthier on the other side of our brokenness. We have sometimes seen how the fracturing of till death do us part can be mended back together by the power of true love. We have sometimes looked on as decimated cities have been rebuilt And as unspeakable injustices have been conquered by righteousness and grace. Yes, so many things like these we have here and there and now and then seen in our own lives and in the world around us. 
So many times have we witnessed that mysterious power from on high, clothing us and clothing others, somehow resurrecting joy from despair and hope from tragedy. Just as we have so many times watched as communities of faith, as this community of faith has grown stronger on the other side of dashed hopes. Behold, I am doing a new thing, saith the Lord. God spoke these words through the prophet Isaiah in the 8th century BCE. And time and time again have these words proven true for people of faith. At no time truer than for those first Christian disciples who, when all hope seemed lost, suddenly beheld their beloved friend resurrected there before them, telling them to touch his hands and his feet, and then telling them to go forth to be witnesses of his resurrecting power. Remember now, upon those words, he then promised them that they'd receive strength from some mysterious power from on high, and then he withdrew from them. And there they sat, waiting, uncertain, anticipatory, anxious, yet hopeful. Here too are we, Boulevard. Despite what we see on the news and despite the never-ending frustrations of this virus, despite all of that, the risen Christ is about to do a new thing here among us, among us as individuals and among us as Boulevard Baptist Church. We cannot rush it, nor can we hasten its revelation. Instead, all we can do is sit alongside those earliest disciples and together as a family ask, so what now? And so here with that question, we sit. And here we wait, uncertain, anticipatory, Anxious, yet hopeful. For like those first disciples, we are witnesses of the resurrecting power of God. And thus, like them, we trust that God will soon enough move here in our midst once more. And therefore, like them, we say, come Lord Jesus... And then with our own hearts and our own hopes burning strangely within us, we too wait for the moment when we will once more be clothed with power from on high. To God be the glory. Amen.